What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Joystick Chronicles podcast. We're recapping Matt's Bourbon Trail Bachelor Party and talking all about how it seems like Activision's bandwaves aren't really doing much for the cheating problem in Warzone. This and more happening now. Let's get started. We are alive, thriving, really a weekend of fun. Really gonna have to channel my energy here on this Monday. Yeah, how are you feeling on today on uh, this Monday? Fine. I, I actually I don't feel bad at all. But um, for those of you that didn't know, I had my bachelor party this weekend, which Kevin was at, <laughs> and uh, I'm not hungover at all. Um, but I just had one of those days for some reason that was like everything went wrong. <laughs> I don't know why. Welcome back. But Happy it's Monday. Fine. It's fine. I can kind of relate to that. Uh, this morning, actually, I had to go to the eye doctor because I've been having an eye issue. Uh, and I had a follow my follow up appointment this morning. And yeah. I was driving there trying to get there. And there was an accident on Lakeshore Drive. Light poles were like on the ground. And then I tried <sighs> to pull into the parking lot. There's a, a light pole blocking that. And I was like 10 minutes late to my appointment. But when I walked in, uh, the lady who actually worked there, not the doctor, but like the the I don't even know what what they're called. But like it's the the person who does the actual like vision tests before the doctor sees you. Um, sure. Like a tech or something. Yeah. Uh, she was like 10 minutes late, too. We walked in at like the same time. It was right when they opened. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it, every, I think everybody i think the world was just off today it was, it was. A happy monday for everybody i i uh i started off the day with one i was late and two um i was trying to make my oatmeal and it just spilled it just overflowed and went all over the microwave like first thing this morning i was like all right this is, this <laughs> back to reality on. and i probably had about 10 other things happen to me today but anyway we're here we're live we're positive and uh we had a great weekend, so let's uh, before we go into the question of the day, because question of the day relates to uh, our second topic. Let's talk about uh, the weekend. Just recap what we did celebrating you, obviously. Um, but let's uh, let's tell the, the fine people of Twitch and wherever you're listening how much fun we had. What we did. Yeah, we had a great time. I won't go into all the nitty gritty details, but it wasn't anything crazy. But I will say my friends made sure that I had a good time. I will say that. So, uh, we went to dinner Friday. Everybody got in. We watched a lot of basketball, big basketball, um, all huge the basketball weekend. Conference tournaments were all going on. Shout out to my Illini, big 10 tournament champions. Huge shout out to the Illini. We'll talk more about them later, but I think I didn't really intend for that to be part of the weekend, but it just kind of like worked out perfectly. It was like itself in all the things that I really enjoy and that I want to do on a normal basis all happened in the same weekend. So it was a great weekend. Yeah, it was all good. (laughs) Like watch sports, uh, drank beer and bourbon and uh, hung out with all of my favorite people pretty much. At least all my people of the same gender. <laughs> Except your dad. Your dad wasn't there, but we were we, we were oh, on yeah. the phone with your dad for a while. Uh, he definitely uh, was able to to talk to some of us, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a it was a great weekend. I mean, like you said, Friday was just kind of hanging out casually, just getting too drunk with your friends and 
Yeah. And then Saturday was like the the main festivities, touring the bourbon <sighs> distillery and tastings yep. and all that. I mean, I between drinking like the high wine and the white whiskey and then just all the other tastings that we did, I feel like yesterday my throat was just so sore because of all the like high percentage alcohol we drank and yeah. my body's just not used to that. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. I, I've always been a, a bourbon fan since really like when I turned 21, I just kind of forced myself to to start drinking whiskey. Uh, yep. And I mean, at first I hated it. I think everybody hates it when you first start. But once you start kind of getting into the nicer stuff and um, and then you realize, OK, yeah, this is pretty good. I think the difference is and for those that don't really drink bourbon or don't really like it. I think the difference for me was going to do something like that, like a tasting, because when you put a few next to each other and you have somebody that's knowledgeable on like what you should be tasting, um, like specifically there. And we did the, the one that really changed it for me was when we did it with um, I did a, a bourbon tasting with my dad, um, our neighbor, Bruce, and um and my brother and Tim and like you can actually taste different flavors and mm -hmm. things in the bourbon. Now, if you're just like drinking one kind of bourbon and that's the only thing you've ever done, it's hard, really hard to differentiate. But when you have several like cups like that and you can taste multiple different ones, you can taste the difference. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I think one one so. thing, too, that was really it kind of like pulled all that together for me was when we were at Woodford and shout out to JP. Because that JP man sweet. knows more about whiskey than I'll ever know about anything. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> but he was just kind of like giving us a guided tasting, essentially. And he said, he was like, it, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're a bourbon aficionado or not, your first sip is always just going to be terrible because mm -hmm. your body has to adjust to. There's a the, shock on your palate or yeah, something like that. A, like I think he says all adjust. the ethanol that's in it, your body has to adjust to it. So it's like you could have a sip of bottom shelf Evan Williams that's they use in like a college bar or you can have mm -hmm. like a $200 bottle of whiskey it doesn't yeah. matter the first sip is just gonna suck and you can it's like it's it's with your nervous system yeah like there's no yeah. getting around that and that kind of mm -hmm. made me feel a little bit better about uh, like sometimes when I first start drinking whiskey I'm like oh okay here we go but then like uh -huh. then you, your body's acclimated and you're enjoying it so mm -hmm. it, it, he was like there's no you, like you can't compare whiskeys when you're drinking the first one. You have to just kind of sip it, swish it around in your mouth, get your mouth activated or acclimated mm -hmm. to it. And then mm -hmm. you actually start to enjoy the flavors. And I definitely um, I never thought of it that way. And so having mm -hmm. that as like a guide, uh, I think was really interesting because um, it, I think it really just gave me an even more deeper appreciation for what the actual drinks were. Mm hmm. It, it gives you an appreciation, especially when you leave here and you, you start to accumulate, you know, more of a, I've started to kind of get a collection a little bit going and, uh, yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. You picked up on that. Yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree. I, all, all three were pretty cool. They were all like very different. I felt like the three boys was like on one extreme, like very <laughs> rural, yes. like a very rural distillery, like a farmhouse basically. And we had, it was I, don't, a, I don't even know how many we had a, a hand built shed that they had put together as their uh, tasting room and Shannon behind the bar, just Shannon slinging drinks, slinging them and didn't even care. No, I mean, she was hysterical. She knew what she was talking about, but it was, it was a, a different feeling. It was like a, 
You're drinking straight from the bunghole. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. We're well, drinking was... straight from the barrel, for those that don't know. But they call yes. it a bunghole. I the, didn't know The that. hole in the side of the barrel is the bunghole. So yeah. we, we made some some fun, drunken 20-year-old drinks of the or jokes about that. <laughs> um, but the, like that was, like you said, that was just kind of like one side of it. And then... Yeah, the Woodford Distillery is just like what you would expect out of a Woodford Reserve. Wood, oh yeah, like a brand like Woodford Reserve that is so established um, and professional. I mean, yeah, almost. It, but I mean, like, Kevin, did you feel like you really got like a, a good picture of like? I, I wouldn't. <laughs> Kentucky is considered Southern. I think it's more of a Midwest Southern because Kentucky is really not that far south. Yeah, but. Did you gain a little bit more of an appreciation for like, there's such a stereotype and I've had, so more context, almost all my friends are like from Chicago area and I've grown up with people from Chicago area, but also have family in the South. So like, there's such a stereotype with, with Southern people and just being dumb and redneck and you know, all that stuff. And did you gain more of an appreciation? It's like, JP was a great example because JP definitely looked like a redneck, mm-hmm. but that man was smart as a freaking whip when it came to bourbon. That man so knew exactly what he was talking about. I'll tell you what, he, I mean, he articulate was, too. He was even talking he about the USS Constitution and how it's made uh, like out of oak and it, like the viscosity <laughs> of oak. And I'm like, dude, what? How do you, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, Matt, not not you, Matt, but the other Matt asked a great yeah. question. He's just said, like, how do you get into doing this? Like, if you don't mind mm-hmm. asking uh, or don't mind me asking. And he said, he's like, that's just something that it, like that's culture around here is pretty much everybody in Kentucky, at least in that area. You grew up with it. Yeah. Like in Bourbon it's County around. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Um, you're just kind of. Yeah. That's, you're just kind of in it. You know what I found interesting was he was saying, what was it? Um Maker's Mark used to just put old barrels down by down by the street. Yeah. Old used barrels. And people around the area used to just go pick them up and they'd use it for stuff on their farms yeah. and collect rainwater uh, in them and all kinds of stuff. Which is so crazy because now that would be such like they cost probably three hundred dollars or so just to, to get an old used barrel. Well, so, I think they said when we were at, when we were at uh, James Pepper, which was the first distillery we went to, I think they said a new barrel is like three hundred, three to four hundred dollars, and then they can resell them for like a hundred and forty. So it's like now that definitely doesn't happen because I mean they can mm-hmm. pretty much cover half their costs on the barrels just by reselling them. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean just the fact that you're able to to go in and grab something from off the road and, and actually use it for a functional purpose. Like even just that is the, the tie in from uh, the distillery to the, the surrounding area in the neighborhood. And it, it brings you a lot of context for like what the culture is around here and, and how bourbon and, and horse racing and things like that are all, all tied in together. That's why you see like, that's why I really like, I've never imagined I live in Lexington, but that's why I really like about the, the culture and the environment around here, because there's a lot of charm with those specific things with bourbon and, and horse racing. Yeah. And it's been I, here for hundreds of, I don't know, a couple hundred years. What I thought was really cool um, was when we were driving to, uh, I think it was specifically when we were going to Woodford, Gary, mm-hmm. who is our 
awesome tour guide. Gary, he deserves a shout, shout out, out to Gary well. and the Bourbon Excursions. Uh, <laughs> if you ever want to do the Bourbon Trail, look up Bourbon Excursions. They're based out of Louisville, um, but yeah, look up look up Gary because he does a good job. Um, <laughs> but uh, he said he's like, yeah, we're two farms away from where American Pharaoh is the stud, and he's like it's just all horse country down here. And I mean, you're going through horse farms, and uh, he said the the ladies' farm who we were driving through. Uh, I mean, just there's so much land. It's you're mm-hmm. driving through people's farms because uh, they're, that's just how it is there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he said that she's worth, I mean, multi millions of dollars and she never married, doesn't have a family, just has horses and that's what she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just the, the horse that's country it. is, is insane. And, and I never really thought like, like thought about how close in proximity the distilleries are to all the farms, but like literally our tasting, they're in the farm. Our tasting at Woodford Reserve was in like just the other side of the street of the horse farm. And like literally yeah. when we were tasting whiskey, I was watching a horse take a massive piss just <laughs> across the road. Yeah. And I, it's, it's the it's the there's such a close tie between yeah. the two. Yeah. Gives yeah, it's kind of it's fascinating. Well, one of my favorite things that I tell people about around here is that in like my territory for my actual job, like I drive through a lot of that and there's such pretty just rolling hills and um, all the fences and and they have, I mean, there's some uh, property that like these people have barns that are double the size of the house that I grew. I mean, just well, yeah. absolutely mind blowing. One thing that I barns, noticed, and they'll have five of them. Yeah. One thing that I noticed right away was that they clearly put all of their money into the horses because you, you see the house that's on the property. And I mean, yes, some of them are massive, but like even just like the ones that we saw, it's like a modest little home yeah. that's there. And then the barns on the land surrounding it are huge and there's multiple of them. And just the upkeep of the animals and the barns and everything, they don't put their their resources into their home. Some of the horses are a million dollars. Oh, yeah. I mean, it depends on it depends on who you got. But yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. If you go out toward Paris. Now uh, we can move on. But if you go out toward Paris, like you get a combination of these massive farms, but also beautiful, massive houses. They have these like stone gates with like massive wrought iron customized, like engraved uh, family emblems and stuff. That's it's crazy. like super, like super old money. <laughs> oh, my God. It's beautiful. That's wild. Uh, anyway. Well, it was a definitely a fun weekend and uh cheers to time. you and Kelsey. We we're happy to to celebrate you and it's gonna be a fun wedding in two months. Actually oh two boy. months to the day. Two months, literally. She she's texting me right now. She said, uh babe, sixty days with like ten exclamation points. <laughs> two months from today. Wow. <laughs> well, but yeah, I mean, that's crazy to think about. Time really flies by, but I mean that's definitely gonna be a fun weekend because uh the fourteenth uh, the day before your wedding, obviously we have your rehearsal dinner, but that's also Christie's birthday and then oh. rolling right into your wedding the next day. So it's going to be fun. Oh, we're going to have a blast. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We, Let's, uh, we had a good group where our, our group was fun. That was a, that was a, a good ass time, Yvonne. It's <laughs> a good ass time, Yvonne. Uh, all right. Let's, let's roll this thing back here and let's get into the question of the day uh, because it okay. is a 
poignant topic as we talked about March Madness. And I want to know who is your projected champion of March Madness? Kevin, I have multiple brackets. Everybody my, should. My actual projected champion. I feel like you just kind of have to. I feel like you kind of have to pick the Zags. I'm going to be honest. Look at the, <laughs> but I will say right now, my two brackets. One, I got the Illini. Love it. That's what we like to hear. And the other is my novelty bracket. And that is my Vols. Go Vols. <laughs> I, I, mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. The Vols are not going to be happening. Kofi our lunch. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be. I, I hope, honestly, I really, really hope that uh, the Sweet 16 ends up being Illinois and Tennessee because that'd that, be so much that's going to be such a fun game just for the two of us and Matt, too. Um, it's it'd be, mm-hmm. it'd be so much fun. I mean, I know before even the season was over, I was sending you mock brackets of like, okay, here's the matchup. Here's when we can play. But now it's actually a reality. And I texted you after uh, Illinois was announced at the, the Midwest region. And I said, all right, Tennessee hasn't gotten called yet. We're halfway through. Where's who's it going to be? And then they come up as the five seed in the same region. I'm like, Oh boy, it's crazy. let's get it going. We've got uh, a tough, honestly, I think we kind of have a tough bracket. I think, I think you guys got a terrible draw to be completely yeah, honest, because yeah. that, that first game with Oklahoma state is going to be or, a Oregon state first. Oh, yeah. Oregon state. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, Oregon state. They're that, hot. That is gonna Oregon be, state's Oregon state's hot right now. Yeah. That is going to be, I think your hardest game outside of getting to us. Um, uh, Oklahoma state has possibly the projected number one pick. Yeah. Kate is, Kate is something else. I know the, the big storyline right now is uh, that everybody's kind of gravitating towards is Cade versus Io. Um, and then also throw in the fact that uh, Brad Underwood, who's the coach of, it, of Illinois, uh, was formerly with Oklahoma State. Um, and the, the, their fan base is not fond of ours. I'll say that. <laughs> There's some bad blood there because we stole their coach. And, uh, mm. and he's clearly doing well. So yeah, he's doing pretty well. There's a, a lot, lot of storylines there. I, uh, I will say, yeah, we we spent some time watching both Tennessee. We beat Florida. It was a good game. Um, couldn't put off against Alabama. And that was another good game. We probably should have won that one. But we watched Illinois and you got to I already knew this because we kind of watched him. I kind of watched him during the season just as a passive fan for you. And uh yeah, the Illini are good. You guys are you guys are pretty nuts, honestly. The Illini are good. Uh, I think just, I think projecting them to win is not a um, is not too far off. That's no. actually my that was my most that was the one bracket I actually read through every single matchup in the summaries, and uh, I had the Illini. Yeah. So um, I, I I told you this weekend. I, I, there's not a single team in the country that I'm afraid of. That's the most amazing for the Illini right now. Like it is, <laughs> the, Kofi is such a mismatch, and Io is anyone. So he's like and a shack. It, yeah, I mean, he's it, it, like I don't, I don't even know what to say because I'm so excited. Um, but clearly, as you can tell, I have my Illini 
going all the way, winning the tournament. Uh, I am so confident with this team, and I don't think there's a team that's going to beat us. Uh, our bracket, of all the one seeds, I think we probably have the easiest route to the Final Four. Um, and I have us facing off against Baylor in the Final Four and then uh, playing Gonzaga. Beating Baylor, playing the Gonzaga, and I have the Zags. Him, I have him beating the Zags. The, the, the biggest thing about the Zags is, uh, I mean, yes, they're a phenomenal team. They're obviously undefeated. Uh, clear number one seed and just overall number one uh, in the top 25 um, yeah. because of that. But mm-hmm. you have to think, yes, they, they front load their schedule because of the conference they're in. But then they go three months and they play nobodies. So... There's always going to be I, that that question mark until it's a okay, go prove it and just go win the games in the tournament. So that's mm-hmm. what they're going to be obviously on a mission to do. Um, but there's something to say about Illinois' one the sheer amount of talent that is on this team, um, but then the the mental fortitude that they have and they are just absolutely on a mission. I think the fact that uh, as long as they can keep their their <laughs> mental edge, man, they're they're pretty unbelievable. The I talent's think, there. I think there is. Uh, the best thing actually I'll say the two best things that could have happened for this team was um, uh, one IO getting hurt and not mm-hmm. playing for about three it was three or four games at the end of the mm-hmm. season um, it, I mean it sucked that he got hurt I'm glad he's okay and back to playing and he's just IO's being IO um, mm-hmm. but it is now everybody's firing on all, all cylinders and I think that of at least him sitting Your out. role players have now learned how to step up. Yeah. They are now playing at an elite level <sighs> and that him not being on the court allowed them to then heat up and, and get into that groove. I mean, the first game that he was out, Andre Corbello, he almost had a triple double. Like these guys are yeah. all stepping up. The kid's a freshman and he's an absolute magician. Um, yeah. And so now everybody is playing so well they're going to be such a powerhouse in this in this tournament, and I'm so excited. So I've got to win. Um, but this right here, this matchup is what I really want to see: the one-five Illinois against Tennessee, just for the the fact that it's going to be. I would hope that it's just going to be that. so much fun for us to talk about here. Um, but I, I really think it would be a good matchup because, let me tell you, Tennessee is a talented team, um, and and I, I don't think they can beat Illinois, but I think it'd be a fun game to watch. It just depends. I've said this all along. I said it to you, but it just depends on who shows up because we we have all the talent. I mean, we have like two five star freshmen, a former five star sophomore. Eves Pons is the former um, SEC player of the year last year. That kid had nine blocks against Florida in the, in the SEC tournament. He's six six and can jump higher than seven footers. It's crazy. I, just because and, of the elevation that that kid gets and how oh tall he plays, I did. I had no idea he was six six until you told me this weekend. I thought he was at least like six eight. He's literally insane. Like that, we we match him up with seven footers. He's an athletic beast but we don't really have a big man so i don't know how we would really handle we have a very good defense one of the best in the country but uh i don't know how you handle uh kofi because we we don't have anybody that's even close i mean we got a seven footer but he's on the bench and uh he's pretty skinny he's not 285 like kofi yeah it's hard when you've got uh, a guy as as one as tall as kofi but then just as muscular and big and just 
of such a presence on the court to go up against. Uh, I mean, there are guys in in this tournament who can play with him, but yeah. when you're looking at Kofi and the game that he had against Iowa in the Big Ten tournament and making, I mean, Luca Garza, National Player of the Year last year, it's realistically he'll probably be it again this year. Um, mm. The fact that he had such a hard time against Kofi and Kofi was able to outplay him and just hold him to granted. I think he still had 21 points, but I mean, he had to do that with like 21 shots. So he was not efficient at all. And I mean, when you're doing that against the best player in the league or in all of college basketball, who's going to stop you? Yeah. Cause if it's not him, it's not going to be anybody else. And Mm -hmm. that's what gets me pumped up. Kofi's insane. Oh my god! Poor Missouri has to. Our friend John's uh, Tigers got the. If they make it out of the first round, they got to play the Zags in the second round. <laughs> I uh, I don't even think I have them coming out of the first round. Let's see. I've got yeah. I've got them losing to Oklahoma here. I do just um, for John. I thought about it, but you know. I don't know anything about Oklahoma? The rivalry between Illinois and Missouri with the bragging rights game. Uh, you know, honestly. I kind of just want him to lose. Sorry, John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then he turns us off. All right. So as you can see, I have Illinois winning. I personally think they will beat Gonzaga, and I think it will be Illinois against Gonzaga, and I think it's going to be a absolute shoot house in that one. I feel like it's first to 90 wins. Uh, final score prediction on that one, I have Illinois 91 and Gonzaga 89. I will say that I'm not sure I knew exactly how good Ohio State was. There it is. They were nuts too. And that Washington kid was I I mean he was unconscious. Like he was hitting Dwayne Washington literally everything. Had the game of his life against us. Oh yeah, absolutely. Every pull up jumper or pull up three he had went in. I mean, at some point I was like, okay, can you please start missing shots because this is getting ridiculous. I mean he he broke his um, career scoring record and i think he had he had at least 32 i think he ended up having like 35 or something uh, yeah but yeah he's he is a phenomenal player ej liddell on ohio state is usually mm-hmm. the one who just absolutely plays out of his mind against illinois mm-hmm. he's a former mr or illinois mr basketball and mm. i i He's a he's a really good kid, um, but the Illinois fan base does not like him because he's so good. And he went to Ohio State and he just always absolutely obliterates Illinois whenever we play him. Mm. Um, so the two of them are, are really good. And, and yes, I, I feel like they get a little bit overshadowed in the Big Ten just because of how strong the conference is when you got Illinois and Michigan sitting at the top and then you got Iowa f- sitting right there with them. Um, but. Ohio State is a very, very talented team, and I was—I I had a—had to make a really tough decision on this uh, Baylor Ohio State Elite Eight matchup, and I kept going back and forth on who I thought was going to win it. Um, and this one honestly could be a toss-up game. I think Ohio State, if their shooters show up, uh, I think Ohio State very well could easily win this game. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I—I I was reading, and I, I think Michigan did. Michigan have a their best player get injured. Uh, recently yeah uh, livers is his name his last name uh and he i don't he's one of their best players but he's injured yes he got hurt 
Um, so he's out and he's not playing. So that kind of sucks for Michigan. I'm not, I don't think I'm necessarily upset by it. Um, yeah. but I mean, the only way we'd play them is in the, in the championship game, which I think would be awesome. Absolutely awesome. I, what's crazy. It, it just, it shows how powerful the big 10 is right now. Um, I was going through my bracket and without even realizing it, I had a, a, an all Big Ten Final Four. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah. okay, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> so I went back, I changed Gonzaga. Um, I, I thought maybe I think Iowa it's easy to do that too when you've only seen, when you mainly watch your conference play yeah. basketball. Because I'm the point. same way. Like I, I have Alabama making some waves in the tourney. I mean, granted, they're a two seed, but I have them in my Final Four. Watching them. They're pretty good. They are. They're, they're pretty they're, good. They got momentum. Won the SEC championship. I think they could be a dark horse. Um, even even at a two seed, um, I, I I think you could still consider them a dark horse because when you think of Alabama, you don't think of basketball. And the SEC as a whole, I feel like you don't necessarily consider as like a big basketball conference. Obviously, you got mm-hmm. Kentucky in there, who's just. It, funny that they're not yeah. in it this year um mm-hmm. but kentucky a perennial powerhouse in basketball um but then it's like okay tennessee's there every couple of years uh alabama's kind of there every couple of years i mean then there's i mean i mean like who else florida that's really like dominant no i feel like there's not like another yeah. dominant program um but i will say there's a lot of good coaches now like right now yeah. it's pretty insane it's probably maybe one of the best like sets of coaches that the sec has maybe ever had um a lot of talent and i think honestly we're funneling a lot of football money to the basketball programs because we want to be good at basketball (laughs) yeah it's i mean illinois is a basketball school and when you go to the sec you've got you just think you're always going to try and be a football school but i think that's an interesting point because if you want to be known for something in the sec basketball is not a bad thing to do kentucky has clearly done a very good job at it uh so yeah i know i know basketball doesn't make nearly as much money football does but yeah uh i mean we like to compete the sec likes to compete everything and we have the money laying around so i think it's like let's go hire a good coach maybe we'll cheat in this sport too Okay, speaking of cheating, let's talk about Warzone. Oh my god, yes, that was a great transition. I didn't plan that. Um, okay. Wait, you make make your first point. I'm going to grab some water real quick. Please yeah, absolutely. Pause. Uh what I was going to say was that uh, I mean, Illinois I think they're going to do so well in the tournament. Obviously, it's going to be really interesting. We're going to be talking about it. Uh, there's a whole lot to talk about. The entire month of March, the, the final of uh, the NCAA championship game isn't until I think April 5th. Um, so we're going to got we've got a couple weeks, and hopefully, my line and I are going to make a run there. And uh, I'm really, really hoping that uh, Illinois and Tennessee are going to match up, and we've got some some good basketball talk to talk about. So we're going to transition here, get into war zone. Um, there's uh, quite a bit to talk about here. Since we last talked, uh, the anniversary of Warzone was last week. I know we talked quite a bit about it possibly being uh, a day for a new map or nuking Verdansk on the 11th. We were wrong. We were wrong. Did not happen. Uh, I will actually give a big old 
old-fashioned shout-out to Jet Ice because the guy was correct in saying that he thought the zombies were just like going to go over to prison and, and it was not going to be anything good and anticlimactic. And I will give him the shout-out there because he was right. Um, I was hoping for more, but it did not come. And they're going to draw this thing out as much as possible. I yes, imagine. they are. And we're not going to get a new map until the end of Season 2. And... This is just going to be a long and slow, painful death for Verdansk. I like why, though, because <laughs> it's already been over a year. Why not draw draw it out more? I don't even understand. They're, I feel like they're just trying to pull more money out of us. Uh, well, you know, that's Activision's like, prerogative. Everybody's already bored of the shipwreck. Like. I haven't even been to prison. I have no interest in going to prison. I don't think they, maybe they don't realize that like, I'm not playing Warzone to like go fight zombies. Like I'm going to play Warzone so I can like win the game. Like might drop prison one time to see some zombies and get some decent loot. Like I'd much rather drop at Boneyard and go fight some people. Yeah. I don't know. And if you're drawing this out the whole time, how long can we do this? Yeah, I think it's going to get uh, more frustrating than anything just to have random zombies attacking you. Right. I, I, I think that was where Fortnite lost a lot of people when they introduced the zombies into Fortnite because uh, that I feel like was just kind of more of an annoyance than it was anything. Um, yeah. So, yeah, for me, I personally feel like it's a terrible idea to draw this out until the end of season two. Um, season two, I don't know the exact date that it's over, but I mean, we still have like 35 days or something. Um, so yeah, not great. Later in April will likely be when we get the new map, hopefully. But I mean, the stuff that they're releasing while slow, uh, it is confirming the fact that we are going to get a new map and the theory that we had talked about, which is now obviously widely open and discussed uh, about Verdansk and how it's going to end. It is correct. Zombies are infiltrating the map and it's going to get nuked. We just don't know when. And I feel like we've been saying that on repeat. We just like, we know something's going to happen, but we don't know when. Um, So would love some more transparency from Activision or Raven uh, on just some timelines, uh, because I think that will help everybody to get even more excited, Uh, because right now we're just kind of in that dead period between, okay, we know something's coming uh, or not entirely sure when it's happening. Uh, We're excited for it. Do a whole cut scene for a week about a ship landing on the shore (laughs) and then. And then the ship is still there and there were zombies on the ship and they got bored at the ship and went to the prison. Yeah. That's been two weeks. Yeah. I mean, you could have done that once a day. Yeah. Like, all right, zombies go to, Oh, they're already at prison. Oh my God. Going to farmland. Well, what's what was crazy to me was when that video got released of like the the chopper footage and the news. That I was thought it'd be so much quicker because it like was, was all happening at once. Wasn't that like a whole week before the zombies even officially showed up at prison? It's like they waited so long. I don't know why they did that. I don't think it's going to change either. The the chopper. 
Yeah. yeah. It, it was the the video that Call of Duty, like the their official Twitter account had released. And it was like, oh, we're live for, with channel whatever news. And um, zombies are leaving the ship. And I figured that day zombies would start leaving the ship. But no, it was like a whole week before they even did anything. Literally so. a week. Yeah. Activision. It's like lo- I've like lost interest. Activision is moving very slowly, and we're. Oh I think everybody has been ready for this new map for months, and it's taking too long. It's very long. Well, uh, we gonna see. We gonna see. But we brought up the cheaters. Um, anyway, yeah, Tennessee cheating. <laughs> Um, but the cheaters right now are just absolutely running rampant in in Warzone and I think season 2 has really brought with it a whole hell of a lot of cheaters and Activision just needs to continue to do bandwidth with the glitches too yeah I mean the glitches are back the stim glitch is back for what the 7th time now 95th time Uh, it seems like it Um, so that is fun who knows when that's going to get fixed um What's really interesting is that the cheaters now, I'm sure most of you have seen by now, they're able to end games abruptly <laughs> without actually even games ending. I I think the perfect uh, visualization of this was uh, Joe Woe tweeted a clip out, a clip out, and um, he was, I think, in the pregame lobby, and it had like the plane had just taken off and he was like in that initial cutscene, and then he was flying down to superstore and the game ended it went to the final kill cam and then i think it what sounded like all 150 players in the game were talking in game chat and were like what the hell is going on (laughs) and he was like show the winners uh it said you placed first so it gave everybody it, it gave everybody in the lobby a win Oh my god. Yeah. So they're ending games, which is then in turn giving everybody who's still alive a win, and they're doing it while everyone's still falling. So pretty much everybody's just getting free wins out of it, which I think is kind of funny. But also, why? (laughs) So they're just, at, at this point, now they're just trying to see what they can do to screw with the game. And they're doing a good job with it because they're also now able to make store purchases without any cod points and they can do it for like unreleased things there was a clip um that was tweeted at modern warzone today and they were talking about about um the soap skin being spotted in verdance <laughs> which is not a release skin and uh the guy whose clip it was he tweeted it out and he was like hey here's like the the actual full thing and it was the guy showed him in the kill cam. The guy was cheating. Like he had aim aimbot, um, and absolutely just obliterated this kid. And it was you could see as he was killing him because he was right up close to him that it was soap. And it's like, okay, well, where did that come from? Because you can't get that skin. And it was cl- very clearly by the clip, very clearly a cheater. Um, oh. And so they're just running wild right now. And the the game uh, ending clip that apparently has been fixed raven said today that um that they released a a patch to fix that but i would imagine they are very frantically trying to find a fix for 
these uh, hacks now that they can get anything out of the out of the store because if Activision will do anything, it is protect their money. And if they're not getting money from the store, then they have a problem. And they probably yeah. are very worried about the fact that they could be bleeding money from the store if hackers, knowing how many there are, which if they're going to fix these issues that quick, they're obviously aware of how many there are. Um, it, they're just, they're not going to be making money like they usually do. So that's going to be a problem for them. Priority number one, baby. Save our money. Save it, baby, <laughs> save it. Um, all right, well, like we said, cheaters all over the place. It's a problem. It still is. It always has been. I don't think there's ever going to be an anti-cheat, at least a, no. an effective one. Um, so I feel like un- they would have to completely redevelop the game, like build it from the ground up if they were to be able to uh, do an anti-cheat. I think that's why it's so difficult because I don't think it's something I feel like it's something to do with the engine. Yeah, it very well. That very well could be the case. And I mean, so from some of the things that I've read, uh, it sounds like I know everybody is really asking for it and begging for an anti-cheat, but uh, it sounds like a little bit harder to actually do and implement than uh, than you might think. So I think yeah. you're probably onto something there. Uh, but as I know, we were talking about the store, um, so we've got some more reactive camos and ma- Mastercraft camos that are coming out. Um, the one that was released, I think today, it might be in the store now. I'm not exactly sure. Um, there is a Mastercraft or a, a yeah, it's one of the Mastercrafts for the Krig, and it's actually really cool. It's a dragon. And it actually looks like like the dragon gun skin from Valorant. Um, mm. And I I like it a lot, actually. It looks like it kind of looks like the um, the ice dragon from Game of Thrones, <laughs> uh, which That's is neat, which is pretty cool. Um, so uh, they've always for me personally, I feel like they've always done a good job. Um, with the Mastercrafts, at least for the short amount of time they've been putting them out. Uh, and it's great to see that there are more reactive camos coming out. So the AUG is actually getting a reactive camo. The AUG ski. So that's going to be cool. I'm excited to see what it looks like. Haven't seen it. Um, we just know that it's coming. Uh, so I think that is very telling of the fact mm. that the AUG is here to stay. Because why would they be, be releasing a reactive camo, something that everybody wants to get uh, if the gun is going to get nerfed and not be usable? So you saw the reactive camo with the FFAR, which a ton of people got. And they said, mm-hmm. okay, well, if everybody wants that, why not give it to the other gun that's in the meta or that most people are using? We'll slap a reactive camo in the AUG, get people to purchase that and double our money. What do you think is next after that? Who knows? Maybe uh, I feel like the Mac 10 needs a good reactive camo. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, uh I don't know how I missed that reactive camo for the FFAR. Was that just in the store? Yeah. I think it's still in there. It's like the Dead Ops oh. Arcade one. It's really cool. I didn't buy it. Um, but I've picked it up a couple times. And when you start racking up kills with that thing, it is just lighting it up like crazy. All cool. the all the content creators use it and and uh you can yeah, it's it's really cool. It's it'll be easy to find if you actually look for it uh, in, in some of the like stuff on YouTube and Twitch streams. The Krig. I'm wondering if they are gonna buff the Krig a little bit. <laughs> I would imagine. So that was uh, that was something that was 
I was saw getting talked about because I mean the Krig is one of the best ARs in Cold War. So Cold it, War. it would yeah. make sense for them to make it better in Warzone, especially with this this cool Mastercraft camo coming out. Um, it, it to me like why put work into something uh, like into a gun like that if it's not really something that any anybody would use. Like I would be willing to bet that that FFAR dead ops arcade reactive camo for the timing of how good that gun is and just how cool the camo is. I'd be willing to bet that that probably set a record for like store purchases or at yeah. least got close to it. Uh, yeah. And I'll bet the AUG will probably do the same. Um, it, I mean, there are many, many people we've talked about it before saying, Call of Duty needs to reintroduce reactive camos. And now that they've done that, I feel like every one that they put out there, people are going to buy and like more people than who would usually buy one. Yep. So I think that's fair. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool thing and a really cool addition (laughs) to the game, to the game. So I'm glad they did it. Make some money, my man, you know, and here's me still, still trying to get myself excited over the fact that maybe I'll get dark ether. Maybe I won't. (laughs) I got excited last week about it. Didn't you know, happen. You know, you could just buy the reactive camo. Yeah, but That's I mean, what they want you to do. Te- well, technically, Dark Ether's not a reactive camo, though. I know. So but it's a cool camo. It is cool. I, the only problem is that uh, with how terrible the mastery camos look in the game, I'm like, okay, is it really even gonna look any any good? Like the Cold War camos just suck. So. Yeah. I hope they fix true. them because uh, like, come on, how can you have gold covering up a, an eighth of your gun? Just an eighth. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm tired. My eyes are still trying to adjust. I'm trying to see you right now. <laughs> oh, goodness. Long day. Long Happy day. Monday. Um, all right. Well, we very clearly have a case of the Mondays, so we're going to. We're going to wrap this up a little bit. It was a fun weekend um, and we're going to hopefully have some more uh, some more fun wars on things to talk about as the zombies spread across the map and very much so going to have some good, good March Madness things to talk about. So what do you say? Balls Friday, Illini play on Friday. Um, go Vols, go Illini. I'm actually free this weekend. So... I feel like I haven't had a lot to talk about with Warzone because I really have been too busy. So hopefully this weekend I get a lot of time to play some uh, some Warzone. Bang bang, pretty here first. More to talk about on Monday. <laughs> so we are gonna sign off. Twitch.tv slash the Joystick Chronicles. Come hang out with us when we're live. And you can find out when we're live uh, by following us on Twitter because we tweet about it all the time. Uh, At the Joystick Pod on Twitter and TikTok. And you can catch all of our live episodes back after they have aired on YouTube at the Joystick Chronicles. So check us out. We're all over the place. Follow us. Subscribe. Please. And if you're listening rate to us, podcast, review us. rate us and review us. We'd very Please. much appreciate it. And uh, we will catch you guys in the next episode of the Joystick Chronicles. Bye, guys.